0: On halftime, the world game with Carlos Alberto Diego from 4diegos.com for Village
1: Cinemas. Ronaldo world premiere screening at Village Cinemas Monday, November 9. Nine past
0: one. Hello, Carlos. Welcome. How are you there, Kev. Good to be here. You've uh, you've been on a fair bit lately. Yes, well, the final whistle uh, really drives the Diego's resources as far as they can go. Uh, two hours of talkback on Friday night, two hours of talkback on Monday night. Not quite and, have
1: you had on Monday night. One was one was uh, missing in action.
0: Uh, absolutely, they they just they're dropping with there's so much so much. I mean, the talkback just absolutely fatigues us. But uh, of course, we had the Not uh,
1: diving. Are they? Are they actually falling down? No, with... there's
0: no simulation. Mate. They're oh, okay. just they're all uh, they're all fair <laughs> and they We're back on tonight too, by the way, and it's a full quota of the Diego. So we. Fine, but uh, Friday night, uh, that really tested us. Of course, uh, the what went wrong hotline oh. was uh, really rang off the off the hook, and uh, we had a lot of Melbourne City fans not happy with the. Uh,
1: at halftime, they would yeah. have been they would have been jumping in the air, doing cartwheels, high five at each other. Not and only then
0: yeah, went, not only because of the the two nil lead, by the way, but the way they went about it in that first half. Uh, really, the, the 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 front third, their uh, their attacking play, and and their high pressing, and and turning over the ball, Newcastle possession, you know, in really great areas for them. And and the way uh, Fauna Rally, great player, and, and Stefan Mork, a young kid who's suddenly, you know, really becoming a man and he's uh, starting to, to produce for the first team. And uh, Garuccio, left back, who's been injured, but it came good. And uh, Dave Williams, I mean, the, the way they were interchanging, the way they are moving, the, mo- the mo- mobility, the, the possession play, Aaron Moy, I mean, you can go... On and on, and it's probably they played the best brand of football that I've seen the Melbourne Heart slash City team play and since it's, you know the, the first day of, the, of their existence. Yep. Uh, and then uh, they dish up the second half where they copped three goals and they literally stopped. They just just stopped, and it really is absolutely um, you know uh, they had a double substitution, destroyed.
1: didn't they? Just be is it just before halftime? Yeah,
0: they. Uh, it was uh, David Williams. No, it was after halftime. David Williams Stop. came off. Uh, and uh Camaro went on, and uh they then had um another substitution also that uh, they really believed affected the game and uh but you know from the camp of obviously they were uh, John Veskip was asked about that. After the game, and uh, and he said, "Look, it just had to happen. These boys had run out of legs, and uh, and we really had to. It was Kuzmanowski that came off, uh, uh, a young young eighteen year old who just showed so much when he came on for vic... against victory, the, you know, the week before, or oh, sorry, two weeks before, and then he played so well against Central Coast Mariners. Uh, and this this boy, given the room and given full fitness, can really make an impact in that side. But you know, according to JVS, uh, you know, they both ran out of legs; so they really couldn't give any more, and that's what." prompted the, the changes. But, of course, everyone saw that from that moment of the changes, uh, you know... The momentum that, went... Absolutely. Wushka. They couldn't get the ball back and Newcastle Jets grew an extra leg and suddenly Drafinovich scored a couple and uh, and they just took over completely in that, in that second half.
1: All right. Now, we're four games into the season, so mm. today you want to do a report card on on both of the two Melbourne teams.
0: Yeah, I'll well, just throw it out to everyone out there if they've got anything to say. If, you, if you're weighing it up, and it's so easy right now to talk about Melbourne City not being any better than the last year or the year before and that they're prone to these mental lapses and the fragility, uh, you know, just their the fragility when, when under pressure and, and when the game needs to be won, it, it happens time and time again. Yep. But what I ask people out there, is it any different to previous years? I, and I, I, personally, I believe it is. I mean, if you look at the, if you look at the side Uh, In the first game, they had a young side in. Of course, this is all due to circumstances, their injuries. A lot of their uh, very experienced players have been injured. So they have had to throw the kids in. And in that first game against Sydney, I thought they were very, very good. Uh, They really scrapped it out and they got the one-all draw up there in Sydney after a really fantastic start. Of course, Sydney took over in the second half. Uh, But, you know, you put that down to... Inexperience and, and but the boys hung in there. And the game against Melbourne, Victory, of course, uh, they started off really poorly. It was a really awful first half again, very lame. Uh, second half, a couple of changes. I mean, you, you, they were good, you, yeah, absolutely. They the yeah, Kuzminovsky came on, and, and um, also uh, Moore came on in that game against Victory. And you know, where people were very critical of uh, the coaching staff of Melbourne City on the weekend, making that that double sub, well, they made the double sub against victory and it turned the game. Mm. Uh, they still lost the game, by yeah. the way, but it got back to two all and, and both those boys really contributed. Of course, Central Coast Mariners, they got the win, the 3-1 win, even though that was an end-to-end game, not much shape. Uh, so in the end, they, they got the win, but that was important to get the three points. So, you know, if you're looking at the report card, uh, when they fell away again on uh, last Friday, do you just say it's more of the same or do you say, well, look we do understand it's a young side. A lot of the experienced guys are out at the moment and that may have led to the, to the fade out. Who knows? But, uh, or do they have a culture of um, of, of mental,
1: not having mental toughness?
0: Absolutely. And uh, look, what concerns me at times is that John Van Ships has, got a, has had, come out, had to come out in the, in the media and actually almost implore his players to have that winning mentality, which we never hear Kevin Musket talk about. Oh. We, we never, ever hear him saying we didn't want it enough. I mean, that's not something you would accuse Melbourne Victory. Uh, really, I can't remember the last time anyone could accuse Melbourne Victory of that. So is it a cultural thing? Is it is it just the circumstances right now? It's so easy to go back and, and just say it's more of the same, or 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 are we now still uh, living what we've done in the past? And if we are living that, um, you know, what what the what does the club do about it? Yeah, what's the remedy? Mm. rob Strathmore
1: wants to have a chat about it. G'day, Rob.
2: G'day, guys. I'm um, I'm Melbourne City supporter and. Look, it's easy to, to nail a coach, but I, I just think he's had his time there and, and, and the club just hasn't improved under the time he's been there. Like, I went to the Derby. We were flat as a tack in the first half. We're playing in front of 40,000 people. He had to give him a huge rev up at halftime. We came out and leveled the scores and then we conceded late again. He made six changes for the FFA Cup. When we needed to make a final to build our membership and build our... The, the team we want to become and then last week he, he comes out and says well we stopped playing well it's just not good enough if you turn 2-0 up at home and you're building momentum he has to take responsibility as a coach and i don't think he does
0: well he doesn't publicly i don't think but i, I think he knows he's been experienced enough and all that coaching staff experienced enough to know that ultimately the buck stops with them um you know it, it is it is getting to the point where there's got to be a lot of scrutiny about the coaches. That's for sure. Because it it, it does happen time and time again. Uh, but with the criticism they may cop, uh, for example, with the double substitution against uh, Jets on on the week, which seemed to be the trigger, that moment, that defining moment where the game changed mm. or around about that time. Uh, you also got to give him credit for the way they played, you know, after they made the double substitution against victory and, and how they played against Sydney in that first game. And, and in, in, the, the gross majority of the game against Central Coast Mariners, I thought they were very good. They, they're playing the, the type of football that they that you know that they want to play. And also, you know, the fact that they've nurtured someone like an Aaron Moy to be probably, you know, the, one of the best three players in the A-League right now. So with the negativity that comes with the results and the way they fade out, we've also got to remember that there's a lot of good stuff happening there too. And I'm not trying to be... I'm not trying to be sitting. I'm not trying to sit on the fence here, but there are circumstances that have led to this situation. Whether people are sick and tired tired of it, Robbies, absolutely. <laughs> and there's a lot of Melbourne. We took two hours of calls uh, from Melbourne City fans on the Friday. And they were all sick of it. Yep. Only one of them probably said was a little bit more balanced about it. But uh, in our, in our absolute exasperation. Do you get rid of the coach now or do you just say, listen, we've just got to be patient for a bit longer. This side has got the ingredients for something special and it's still very early in the season. Yep.
1: Thanks for your call, Rob. question, I guess, is um, given who owns Melbourne City, uh, how patient are they going to be with the this, with this sort of football that they're dishing up? like they did in that second half?
0: Oh, look, I I think that they went out of their way not to make wholesale changes when they bought the club, what, 18 months ago or whatever that, almost two years ago. So I think uh, it's one of those ones where I think... they, they, I don't think there's been a knee-jerk reaction with the City group, even with Manchester City. I mean, Manuel Pellegrini, uh, when he hasn't won, still has been given a contract extension, for example, where it's so easy just to, to sack people. We've got all the money in the world. We just get the next best coach in the world to come and look after it. So, uh, I, and, and actually, having met a couple of the people from the City group, they are into this making decisions in a calm way, in a methodical way. It doesn't mean that they'll accept... Uh, the team not improving or the coaching staff not doing their job properly and I think they have made some changes with some players over time but it, it is rapidly getting to the point that you know the playing squad is not the only thing that they'll be looking at yep. they'll be looking at other thing, other people who are very much responsible for not only um, you know putting the, the in training the team and putting them on the park, but also running the club. I mean, everyone will be looked at. That's the nature of professional sport, especially at the highest level.
1: Now, off the SMS here, Melbourne City are worse than heart. They have no identity and no future. Now, I think the future part is silly. I, I, they certainly have a future. Do they have an identity?
0: That's a, a lot of the calls we got on Friday night were actually sort of almost extended into that conversation too. It wasn't about the result. Yep. Uh, but, you know... If you win four or five games in a row, that's not even a question anymore, you know. And if you and if you win it with young guys who look like they're improving, I mean, when you talk about an identity, uh, are you talking about representing a, a region of of Melbourne or a region Victoria or uh, you know? Uh, 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 I, I hate brands and all that mm. sort of you know, ubly
1: goobbly gook talk that they carry on with. But uh, Victory have an identity. Victory have a real identity and a real a real place in this city sporting landscape i don't think melbourne city have that yet and that's probably it's probably too early and we'll probably all jump at the gun a bit city are after all in their 11th season yeah Um, but melbourne city don't seem to me to have that yet
0: and i think the advantage victory had was not only have they been there from day one but they've been successful for almost 10 of those 11 seasons they've been up there they've won trophies they've either finished in the you know first or second or what they've always had that that except for year one where I think they finished last or second last to the New Zealand kings or yeah something like that, but Gee. since then they've actually been they've had this winning culture yep. there's this expectation that they're going to win they've got the fans from that's just just grown. Further and further, you know, bigger and bigger. They're, they're fan groups. And, and I know in the streets and wherever I go, there's kids wearing the victory tops all the time. Yep. So, uh, so it's not only the fact that they've been there since day one, but also they've been very successful since day one. Yeah, so if you're talking about the identity, yes, that's, that's yeah. the identity. But they don't really represent any one region of Victoria. They, they represent all of Victoria. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I think what's really stymied Melbourne City is the fact that they have not had a winning history. And, and that's their issue.
1: And, and when you are the, the, the sort of second, the second child in the family, if you want to count like that, yep. and you are not getting all the things that the other one's got, it's hard. Tim's in Berwick. G'day, Tim. Hey fellas. Uh, I, I've noticed one thing with Titi this year compared to last year is that the number of people
3: promoting them on, say, for instance, your radio station has diminished greatly. Diminished? Um, diminished, absolutely. These, they've stopped money on each week last year. You know, you compare that to who's on from victory. Not what you guys talk about. I'm talking about people from the club, representatives of the club coming on regular spots
0: Uh, on the station. Oh, absolutely, Tim. I think that's that's a a legitimate criticism of Melbourne City. Uh, Since the City Group's taken over, they... It's very difficult to get players doing uh, media, especially on SEN. You ask the producers here, they'll complain until the cows come home about uh, the lack of uh, player availability. That's ridiculous. And you see 7,000 people turn up to the game. Uh, you can't afford to be arrogant in this marketplace. You just cannot afford to be arrogant. I 24000
1: mean, uh, on Monday night? Yeah,
0: absolutely. And that's the thing. And, and Victory seem to be a much more open-door policy. They have players on every show. It's a little bit easier. I know this, it's a little bit harder to get players at different times, but generally they'll make themselves available. We did have David Williams, by the way, on this slot last week, which is great. Okay. And I'm hoping that's changing the, uh, the attitude to this because uh, you can be arrogant if you want, uh, but then... Don't be arrogant if you're getting 7,000 people to your games because that is NSL-type crowds, uh, especially when so much money's been spent and so much expectation. They could have gone top of the ladder, by the way, if they'd won against Jets and only got 7,000 people on a beautiful night in Melbourne. That's the a problem.
1: O- the other thing is, too, uh, if you were to walk down the street now and ask uh, just run-of-the-mill sports fans to name some yep. soccer players out of Melbourne, Archie's name would come up straight away. I reckon Berisha would be out yep. there now. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> Musket would be, Kevin would be mentioned yep. uh, as a soccer person. If you want to say, who are the soccer personalities in this yep. city? Uh, uh, Aaron Moy, as you quite yep. rightly point out, is one of the three best players in the comp. He's brilliant to watch. Yep.
0: Why isn't he a superstar in this city? Well, look, He's their poster if, boy. If you, if you close your doors and you're not making your players available, now I'm not sure whether they're making your players available on other radio stations, by the way, but certainly SEN, uh, they're, they're, you speak to producers here, and it's just impossible. You okay. know, they've, they've given up a lot of them because I just don't get... The play. They don't get uh, the, uh, the open door that uh, Melbourne Victory provide. Yeah,
1: certainly mm. should. They should be. We're going to take a break. Uh, 23 past one. Do the report card on the Victory, but to love your calls as part of it, Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. 1116. Or your text thoughts. We've got a few of those to go through as well. 0433 98 1116. Carlos Alberto Diego in the studio this hour. 26 past one here on 1116. SEN bit harsh from Davy and Cranman saying Melbourne City's identity is in Manchester. <laughs> now, now Davey, let's not get let's not make it personal. Yeah,
0: Look, to, to really clarify things too, I still think there's a really big upside for Melbourne City this season. I think the, the kids that have come in, okay, albeit they fell away in that second half, but just Stephen Moore probably played the game of his life uh, yep. you know, against Newcastle in that first half. For the role, he's a winner. I mean, they, they've actually picked themselves yeah, a good. bloke who get the right service to him. He's going to score goals for you regularly, which is something they've missed in, in past seasons. Uh, David Williams needs more of a gallop. You know, uh, more more game time because he's gonna. You know, and he was he looked really good for the time he was on the other day, and uh, and there's other you know uh, young players coming in like Wade Decker and these other guys who've played little cameo roles here and there. So I think in that respect they're going to be fine when they start getting some of their more experienced players back, uh, Navillo and uh, Corrin and these sort of guys. Even though Corrin has been very disappointing, uh, I think uh, you know if they start get piecing together, you know, stringing together some wins. Uh, you'll find that uh, you know, the whole atmosphere will change around them, as they did to, in the run to the finals last year. Well, when they
1: pre-season, made... a lot of the predictions I saw pre-season yeah. had them in the top two or three. Yeah,
0: that's, well, I I step, I walk, go back even further to the finals last year where they won a final against Wellington and then they lost against uh, Victory in the game before the grand final. So, I mean, you know, unfortunately the negativity around the, the club... Is due to the fact that they have not consistently won yep. and uh, and shown people that they're changing, uh, but I think that could happen this year still. I, I really believe once they get the whole squad back, there's competition for space uh, spots, uh, but they need to start winning straight away or else there will be some you know some uh, jobs changes lost. Yes, there will
1: yeah. be. Uh, now, report card on the victory: a terrific three-nil win on uh, on Monday night uh, in front of, as I said, twenty-four and a half thousand people. Yeah. good crowd for a, for a, I mean it was a holiday a lot of people yeah. go away for the four days I I, I was there I thought it was I uh, thought their their match day uh, yeah. experience of, of, of what they call it these days uh, It's terrific
0: they uh, they are really upping you know that sometimes it's words once you've won things people say we want we we need to get better uh, but this is a club that's got better, not only on the field, but off the field too. I mean, if you talk about the match day experience. But even the fans, they, they're not complacent, all these fans. I mean, they, they'll turn up to these games. Uh, you know, I, I don't remember the last disappointing crowd that Victory had. Uh, work, they're the hardest working crowd in yeah, sport. Absolutely. But, <laughs> the, but, they, but they match the work ethic of the players. Yeah. You look at the front third of, of Victory, Barbarouss, uh, Barisha. Uh, Ben Kalfala. I mean, those guys are just non-stop persistent. They're hungry for goals. Uh, They make no apologies for the way they go about it. And Bruce's second goal, uh, you know... Uh, on Monday night, where he had to round the keeper, lost his balance, and on the ground hooked it into the goals. I mean, what the way I described it does not do justice no, to the effort to and the passion and the determination to get that ball over that the line. That ball was going yeah. nowhere yeah. else but in the back of that Absolutely. net, and it wouldn't
1: have mattered if they'd put a tank in front of him; yeah. he
0: would have got around it. Absolutely. And this is where, and suddenly Guy Finkler, I think, has become a better player. So he's always been a great player. Don't get me wrong, but the consistency. Uh, demanded by Kevin Muscat and his coaching staff of a player like Finkelett. Well, we're seeing that now. Uh, you know, you, you go down the spine, Oliver Bazanich is getting better and better every game. He's, he's filled a massive yeah. hole, hasn't he? He's filled yeah. a massive hole. Yeah. Carl Valeri, you know, what a, what a fantastic captain. And he just does his job really, really well. I think uh, there's one or two times where he's actually even behind the defence with a last-ditch tackle, you know. And, and Wellington Phoenix had a couple of good opportunities yeah, the other did. night. But, I mean, it, it was the discipline of victory that that, that sort of stopped that, you know, stopped any momentum building there and, and them gaining the ascendancy again. Danny Vukovic in goals. Uh, when he needs to pull off a save, he does. Uh, it's just, it's right through the side. And I've just gone through the experienced guys there. Yeah. Imagine the young guys that are coming through. Garrier Garriers, the Galloways, uh, the the Monanes, these sort of guys uh, who are... are uh, subject to this approach day in day out at training yeah. what, what it's doing for their development uh, and, and, and the fact that they have to be at the really the cutting edge of their game to get a game for that side and then if you're in that side you've got to do everything to stay in that side I mean that's what it's all about and I, that's why I think victory will win this weekend against in the FFA Cup, they'll win that final and I believe they're, for me if I was to pick them to win another, you know, they'll win They'll win the championship and they'll win the the grand final too. I I just reckon they're they're a. I think they're better than last year. And they've got that Asian commitment as well. Yeah, but look, I think uh, Kevin Musket's given the restrictions on the squads. He's put game time into everyone. Yep. He's given everyone an opportunity. The minute he has a chance to put a young guy in for Which one of the he more... He took
1: exper- off on He did, yeah. yeah.
0: George Howard came on. I mean, he's got a, this is not just building up their experience and the development. This is preparing for the Asian Champions League. Jesse Macaroon is a classic example. Hardly plays A-League football. Gets on every now and again. Played a bit of FFA Cup. But he's almost the Asian Cup specialist. Yeah. Uh, last year when they went through the Asian Cup, he played and played really well in, in, a- in the Asian competition. So I think they're really managing their squad really well. It helps that they don't have big I- injury issues. Yeah. Uh, but... Nick
1: Ansel's probably one of the few that's out at the well, moment.
0: Well, uh, and Archie also, but he, they'll be oh, available sorry, at, very soon too. But uh, but really, they don't they don't seem to have the injury issues that that City has. The um, the, you mentioned the
1: forward three, and and how hard how hard they work off the mm. ball is the, the most impressive thing for me to see Barisha running, you know, up and down the ground uh, the way he works. Uh, uh, just personally, I reckon Ben is a little bit off the mark just at the second.
0: Yeah, but he'll still do his work without oh, the yeah. ball, though. Oh, and no, ch- that's, that's why – and he'll have his great game, too, where Barbaroussis might be a bit quieter. So you don't need all – three. of course, the coaching staff and the Victory fans love all three of them on fire all the time. Yeah. But rarely do you get that. I mean, we've even had games where Barisha's been quiet, but suddenly Barbaroussis comes in or chimes in or whatever it may be. So yep. it, it, they just need to have the requisite effort and the commitment – and someone will win the game for them. That's, that's, a, it seems the bottom line not negotiable is that 90 minute commitment from every one of those players. Yes, they have their lulls, but it's not due to poor commitment. Yeah, they yeah, very good. Point. It's more to do with the fact that they just don't have their structure right or, you know, the other team is just gaining the ascendancy through possession or what it may be, but it doesn't last very long.
1: John's in Moody Ponds. G'day, John. Hi, guys. How are you, Carlos? How are
0: you? Yeah, really well, John.
1: Um, yeah, look, I, bottom
2: on what you said, I think everything that he's um, doing or the coaching stuff he's doing in regards to giving the youngsters a go and, you know, the FFA, FFA Cup, with all due respect to Kim City, you know, he's um, he's making sure that uh, when it comes to uh, uh, February next year and uh, March, when we've got commitment in, in two competitions, that everyone uh, is exposed. So, and yeah, there's a lot of, um, you know, I don't want to talk about it, uh, harp on about it again, but as I did last week with few colours, but there's a difference between the two Melbourne teams, and it stands out at the moment, and as a victory member, yeah, quite happy with last week's performance, uh, on Monday, it was quite, as much as Wellington had the odd chance, it was quite convincing at the end, which is, I think, uh, you know, it gives our supporters quite a bit of hope, because, you know, we, were, we haven't had the best of uh, start, um, yet we haven't been threatened, but you know, it just keeps everyone uh, in the positive frame of mind, and like you said, especially with the youngsters in the team as well. It just, but that's what you, you know, that's if you look at successful teams, well, no matter what sport it is, it's the depth and the, uh, the belief, and uh, I guess the, uh, the group culture that gets you through. And
0: yeah, and then yeah. John during the. During the first three games, like it was in, I, I, just, I thought the victory were the better side in all three games that they, that they played prior to, the, you know, prior to Monday night. And when the commentator said before the game that uh, they've only won one game this season, and I thought, are you kidding me? They, they just seemed to be always on top because I didn't really look at the ladders or anything like that. Yep. So they are a side on the scoreboard, aren't winning all the time. But I'm just so confident that they're going to be there at the end. And everyone knows they're going to be there. And and the calmness that Kevin Musket uh, exudes around that without being arrogant, I think that's really important for the club. But the other thing too is the big criticism probably this time last year was around the defence. They were conceding ridiculous goals at set pieces and so forth. It seemed very very structural. But he's very quietly sorted that out and uh and you know the other issue was probably the work rate of his midfield every now and again but they they're all working for each other now. Uh I remember uh Troisi when he was uh part of the victory squad. Uh there was you know every now and again he'd be he'd be dragged and he'd be wondering why cuz he's a good player uh but he had to learn that you know everyone on the park has got to work with and without the ball. And uh and I think uh Kevin Muscat solved that issue also.
1: Absolutely. John uh, you can head off and have a look at the Cristiano Ronaldo movie for you. Uh, Of course, you know the name, now you get the chance to know the man. It's uh, the world premiere at uh, Village Cinemas on Monday the 9th of November. Uh, An exclusive look into... uh Ooh, just one of the great players of all time, I would have thought. Mm. So enjoy that, John. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Uh, more of your calls on 9429 1116 or your text thoughts on 0433 98 1116. Carlos Alberto Diego in the studio talking the world game. 21 to 2. Uh, this is half time. Uh, Daniel Harford will be on this afternoon. though, at 4 o'clock with Cam Mooney for the run home. It's uh, 21 to 2. Carlos Alberto Diego in the studio to talk the world game with Daniel in Cranbourne North. G'day, Daniel. Hi, right, guys. How are we
2: going?
0: Good, thank Really good, mate.
2: Um, I just want to talk about City. I mean I'm a Melbourne Victory I'm a Melbourne Victory member, but I reckon City's problem is their coach. I reckon Matt Skip is not the right man for the job. I just think, you know, they've they've had him before as a coach and he was an epic fail and I just don't think he as a coach um doesn't have the right tactics, um, you know, the right mentality to um, you know, to be a great coach, and I think you know, at the um, when they got rid of Aloussi, I just felt that they could have gone for someone a bit more high profile than Evanskip. I don't know what, what your thoughts are.
0: Uh, look, you know, I actually am a bit loathe to criticise the coach, a uh, you know, wholesale criticism of the coach, because we we have also recognised some improvement this year. I mean, people, Melbourne City fans would probably be slitting the wrist now that I said that, but, but there is some improvement. I mean, Stephen Mork, for me, is a, is a young guy who they've been talking about for a long time from the club. And I, and I just haven't seen it, I've got to say. And, I, you know, I've actually said to people, you know, what are we expecting from this guy? We, he's been around the club for a, you know, two or three years. Everyone's talking, you know, really highly about him, but I've not seen him take that step. But this season I have. Right Now, that could have been natural progression or it could have been the coach giving him a go. I mean, he has thrown him in in important times and he's actually done really well. The goal he scored against uh, Melbourne Victory, that first touch, people talk about the Aaron Moy pass, mm. but it was Mork's first touch that took him away from the defender and made it really... Uns- uh, give, g- gave um, uh, Vukovic a decision to make and he came off his line and he slotted past him expertly, almost, you know, something you'd see overseas. So, I mean, someone like a Mork looks great. I mean, the... Uh, Aaron Moy's development, uh, really. If you if you think back to West Sydney Wanderers, uh, the the player was in and out there. He wasn't happy. Came to victory. Took a little bit of time to get going. But now the way he's developed, I mean, that's got to be the environment that's set up at that club to be. And that's you know you got to give credit to the coach for that too. Yep. But there's no denying the fact that if you have dropaways like they did on on uh, Friday night and other moments in games like the first half against Victory. The spotlight's got to be on the coach. It has to be on the coach. And it's just whether they act now or whether they give him more time. I'd love to see Melbourne City judged when they've got their full squad available. I think that's fair. When they've got the full squad available and they can't win games, well, you know, the the thing has got to be pointed to the people who are putting the, uh, the team on the park. Yeah, that's fair. But right now, it's really difficult. Whether you still blame uh the sports science people there or the medical people I mean a lot of the injuries are, are soft tissue injuries calf injuries um you know I'm not sure about hamstrings but there's they tend to be uh, soft soft tissue type injuries uh maybe the finger's got to be pointed there too whenever you lose when you, whenever you're disappointing you, you you're going to be you're going to be the focus is going to be on you
1: yep ivan's on the road good day ivan
3: yeah good day guys uh look uh, it's funny that you mentioned that we can only judge the club by uh, having a full-strength squad. I mean, um, I'm, I'm a Melbourne Mexico fan, just for the starters. a uh, member for 10 years. But just want to say a few things about drama and Shep. I mean, he signed three players that were injured even before the season started. you got Ivan Franic, you got Zulo, and uh, I don't know if I'll pronounce it properly, Germanio, that was signed from uh, Sydney FC. Yep. Those three players were injured for six months before the season even started. Mm. So how can you justify uh, John Wanship's position in that team? I mean, can you imagine Kevin Musk signing players that are injured, that haven't played for six months? Come on. I mean, in today's day and age, and what's at stake for this club Signing injured players, I mean, that's, that's just ridiculous. That's my point.
0: Yeah, that's no, and, Ivan, it's not the first time. I mean, uh, Josh Kennedy wasn't right when he, when he was signed. Um, there's been a couple of other players, uh, you know, uh, in the past that have been signed in the hope that they would get them right. So, yeah, look, that's a legitimate uh, criticism that you can point. You can't defend that. No, you know, can't. If it comes off, it comes off. Uh, it unfortunately, it hasn't come off in this case.
1: Good on you, Ivan. Appreciate your call. Um, the, in all of this, uh, a couple of text messages back, uh, someone mentioned that uh, Victory got beaten in Newcastle. Yeah. Uh, the, whether it's real or not real or mm. whether it's in their head or whatever it is, they've got a problem winning in Newcastle.
0: <laughs> that's, that's, oh, look, I, I don't know what that is. I mean, it's, it's, it's different squads. It's not like the same... Co- I yeah, mean, exactly. Even from the days of Ernie Merrick, they weren't winning games there. So uh, I don't know what it is. It, it tends to be when Newcastle have to win a game. And it's nearly every second week they have to win a game because... They've been better this year, though. Yeah, a lot better. And I think against... they, they won against Victory, they won against City. It was the first time since 2010, they've won two in a row. Oh, okay. So they're always, they've always got a, you know, every second game is a crisis game for Jets. So it must have just fallen at home. Every time Victory's there, they need to win. <laughs> it's one of they, to save the coach's job, whatever it may be. So I don't know if there's anything in that at all. But the, but the point of the text message was more, was, you know, I, was, I was building up how good Victory have been, but they lost in Newcastle. But if you look at that game, they should have been three or four up at half time. I mean, Borussia hit the post, Barbarouza was running right. I mean, they weren't playing their best football, uh, but they should have won that game.
1: Um, now, a couple of areas. A good text message this one from Tim and Berwick. Uh, to increase the crowds at City Games, the key is to get a true marquee player, someone who wants to stay for the whole season, not like uh, uh, the, uh, the other... Yeah, David Villa. David yeah. Villa. Um,
0: is that what they lack, Do No, they- no, no. They just need to win games. They need to win games playing de- decent football. Uh, there is you know they don't. There's seven thousand people. I think there are about look. I don't know their membership numbers, but I reckon it'd be around about seven or eight thousand their membership uh, figures. Uh, you don't get eight seven or eight thousand people putting their money into a club if they didn't have faith at some stage. Uh, that they could get it right. And secondly, when you've got a team like Victory in the marketplace, they don't want to. They don't want. They don't want to support Victory. This you know that that group of people. So, mm. um. Just So there are people in the marketplace in Victoria that don't want to follow victory for some reason, but they're not initially jumping on board as financial members of Melbourne City. They haven't got the Collingwood-Carlton thing going not on. Not yet, but the thing is, if cities start winning... I believe that'll change everything. I wasn't saying winning, not winning two or three. They've got to win, you know, 10 in a row. They've got to play great football. They've got to be a, a powerhouse of the league. And I'm sure that those figures, those membership figures will all uh, right. They don't need the big name marquee play. They, they just don't. They just need a team that wins.
1: Yep. Okay. Uh, now, to finish off your report card on the two, I want you to give a score out of 10 <laughs> to, to each of the uh, to each of the two uh uh,
0: clubs, Yeah, well, the City, uh, I, I would give City 5 out of 10 right now, only because of the disappointment of the way they've lost some games. They, you know, they, they, haven't, they, they, don't be, they don't appear to be fighting out games, at, or, or in, in, ter- in certain parts of games, they, don't, they just seem to be uh, allowing the opposition to run right. Uh, so five out of ten for them, but I know that the reason why you know people might be critical of the five, but I just think that there's I a lot you of upside. Might have scored a bit down, yeah. Down. Well, I, th- I think that there, there's a lot of upside once once they get their team together and uh, they start because I think that they can win games. Victory for me, you know, even though they're, they're only you know have only won two games this season so far, you know, for me it's an eight. Uh, and they'll win the FFA Cup final this this Saturday. You're supremely confident. A- absolutely, in that, aren't you? absolutely. You know, Perth coming over here. I don't think Perth's a good side. Uh, victory, full house. Uh, As I said, it, it, the the crowd are a twelfth man for that club. You get them at the Amy Park, and uh, it's you know. You just wouldn't want to be an opposition player there.
1: I'll tell you what, they, they, and I said it earlier, uh, they, I was exhausted watching them on, mo- on mm. Monday night. Uh, they they just, they go and they go and they go. When you think they stop, stopped, they come up with something else. And yep. it, it's just, it, yeah, the, the, that bunch must uh, get to, they must sleep well.
0: <laughs> by geez, they work yeah. hard. But it, it's it, it all stems from the coach. I mean, Kevin Musket's just never happy. He always wins, wants to win everything. If yeah. you've got that mentality from the top... Every player, if you don't have it coming to that club or as a young guy being developed by that club, you're going to gain that. Otherwise, you're not going to survive. Yep. Uh, Barisha, I mean, for a guy who's, uh, who's making probably $800,000 a year as a marquee player, scored all the goals in the world, he's got the biggest reputation. You see him on the ground. It's like he's fighting for his life every time he gets on the ground. <laughs> it is. I mean, this is the thing. And, and the crowd love it. And they, and they just really appreciate it. So for me, the, the team, the coaching staff, the team, and the fans together almost make them unbeatable at the moment, even though they haven't won all the games so far this season.
1: He said, just a disclaimer. All right, it's 12 to 2. We'll take a break. We'll come back and talk some EPL and more of the world game uh, here on 1116 SEN.